Hello and welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people trying to maintain a life of adventure despite and in addition to employment, obligations, and responsibilities. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married... That was extra sultry today. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And we're a married couple who've come back from a year of traveling to jobs and dogs and rent as we start to build a new kind of life. I just had some peanut butter, so I think Is that that why you said (laughs) like Batman? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um. For the record, he didn't sound like Batman right beforehand when we were (laughs) level Uh, testing. You get to read the intro every time. I got to add something to it. Some so you decided tones. to be like, this is Let's Not Panic. <laughs> uh, well, greetings from Dublin today. Yeah, we just landed in Ireland. Mm-hmm. We just left Scotland. Alas. Yeah, we had a great time. Should we move there? Uh, should we move right into the topics? Oh, yeah, you're right. Let's just find why we should move there. Okay, so when we last recorded, we were leaving Edinburgh to head to a very fancy hotel and resort called Glen Eagles. Yep. It was great. I'm surprised they didn't kick us out. We were a ragtag crew of misfits. <laughs> I feel like this is the meatbaggiest thing we've done, yeah. other than like the Galapagos. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, this was this is pretty posh, um, but but also like zero risk. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. So we got there. <laughs> And we were checking in all chill because we took our time getting there and it, j- it worked out. I would out. like to, before we get into this story, point out that Adam made these reservations yeah. and also made all of our bookings for, quote, activities Which that is you could do while you're there. Quote, pursuits, Maggie. They're Excuse called pursuits. Me. Pursuits. Um, and I b- signed us up for four pursuits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. It was a lot of planning. Thank you for that recognition. <laughs> It was a lot of work to get all that set up, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I sure did. You sure did. I sure did. Yeah, you're right. You so did that. <laughs> one mistake I made, though, was not reviewing those plans before <laughs> setting out that day, planning our logistics. So we just like did whatever. We stopped at some castles. Yeah. Got some strange toffee stuff. Chalky toffee. What? Tablet. Tablet. There you go. Tablet it's was delicious. Uh, it tastes like maple candy. It's just like melted brown sugar that's not quite... It's brown sugar and butter. Not I'll have you know toffee. that's what it tastes like. Yeah. And there's no way that brown sugar and butter is ever like a bad combination. Mm, it's right. just taking the part that you like best of the cookie dough, isolating it, and letting it you stuff it into your little face all at once while you're walking around a medieval castle. It's ju- it's that was so a great chalky. way to spend a day. It's like loosely held together brown sugar, and so mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it because it's like I, this is pretty close to just eating brown sugar out of a sack, you know, like but straight combined from the sack. with butter. Mm. Num nums. It's a little more melting. Anyway. I like how we're like, we visited a medieval castle <laughs> in Linlithgow, <laughs> but fuck that. Let's tell you about the tablet. The castle <laughs> was really cool. There were like fi- four or five stories. We went up to the very highest point, and then Maggie got scared of heights and did not like my teasing, and we went down. Yeah, but that's an accurate <laughs> <laughs> summation. It was beautiful, and it provided like a really beautiful vista of some of the locks, which was great. Yeah. And uh, so we arrive at Glen Eagles at like three mm-hmm. ten, and we're checking in. And she's like, "Super chill." She's like, "You uh, do you have any pursuits planned? Did you already book? I, oh yeah, I already booked those. I, I told her, yeah, it's all set up." And she's like, "Let me check on those for you." She's like, "Oh, it looks like you have something starting ten minutes ago." <laughs> <laughs> and our it would happen to be the thing that Maggie was most excited about, which was falconry, mm-hmm. which is an hour long session. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ran over there, mm-hmm. and they were nice enough to not only 
like continue let us actually continue it like a abridged version of the class because it was just us yeah. in the class well i think that's how they do all those uh, yeah yeah but not only did they do that but they're like oh since you're not going to get the full experience we'll give you half price we'll just charge you for one person which yeah. is like, cool <laughs> was incredibly generous yeah. of them um although so i guess for how much we paid to be there the whole thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but anyway the falconry maggie it was so cool. So yeah. they brought out a Harris hawk named John Boy, which, first of all, that's a great name for a hawk. <laughs> and they bring him out, and he just comes out screaming. Like, they turn a corner. You can hear him well down the hallway just being like, ah! Yeah, yeah. Ah! He warned us. Too. He was like, he's just going to be screaming, and that's because he wants to be fed. He's uh, excited about food. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Same. Relatable. It's cool, because, like, what they do is they weigh these hawks down to the ounce mm-hmm. and that's how they know when it's time to like do falconry with them because if they're full they won't fly at all for yeah you. so he was like very hungry yeah he was at his flying weight as you yeah. say yeah and he was so pretty i'm i'm also terrified of birds mm-hmm. so like i wanted to do this but in the same way where people who are afraid of heights want to go bungee jumping where they're like oh this is going to be a really bad day for me but like i gotta just do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> get over this uh, I am not over my fear of birds, but they we basically just let him land on our arms with a big leather glove on, and then we'd kind of like push him off our arm to go fly somewhere, and he'd immediately fly back because he was like, you're the bitches with food. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what was cool is that Harris hawks are um, social. They're the only social bird of prey, and so they have trained them to think that people are their packs. So we went for like a little walk around the grounds and he would just follow us like exactly the same way our dog does. Yeah. when We take him on walks and <laughs> let him off leash. Yeah. And for yeah. the same reasons where he's like, oh, there goes the food lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, food lady is pretty far away. Let me catch up. And then he would just fly like 50 yards and stand on yeah. the, the fence somewhere else and kind of watch us. And my favorite was when he dove into his, some bushes <laughs> yeah. to go see about a little bird that was there. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> they did this thing where they made me hold on to a string with a pretend dead rabbit at the end of it and then <laughs> run across a little field. As so fast that, as possible. Which, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that we could see him like fly at a moving target, which of course he caught up to me like instantaneously. Um, but what was awesome is then he's sort of like protecting his catch, mm-hmm. like, you know, to kind of guard it against the other Harris Hawks who he would need to share it with. Yeah. And he did it by leaning over and spreading his wings over it. Yeah. And it was so awkward looking and <laughs> endearing and hilarious. Yeah. It was really cute. It was very, it was just like a dog. It was like yeah. having a dog bird, a bird follow dog. us around. Dog bird. Dog bird. <laughs> um, and we'll be covering Harris Hawks in more depth on Drunk Safari. A future oh, date. Oh, your next animal, I imagine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It absolutely is because I'm totally in love and I'll go into it more then. Yeah. Um, but as if that wasn't enough, just to face one of my two greatest fears, uh, <laughs> we went straight from falconry to shooting. Clay pigeon shooting, which is a pretty cool thing because yeah, okay. if you shoot handguns in the U.S., that's a thing that you, you go to like a shooting range. Which you, you took me to on a date early on in our relationship yeah. and I hated it. Yeah, you needed to spend the whole day decomposing that was back when we used to also smoke pot mm-hmm. and so i was immediately like let's go smoke some pot i need to calm yeah. down <laughs> you said smoke pot and look at water yeah like go that to was a lake. exactly what we did <laughs> and <laughs> this is a different experience it right? was still nervous making yeah it's a shotgun with like a skeet shot or something like that it's it shoots like a wide range mm-hmm. of bullets that spread 
So it's really good for shooting birds. That's the whole mm-hmm. thing you're simulating. And then, yeah, you, they just launch these pigeons, these little, basically little frisbees out, made out of clay from different angles, mm-hmm. and you try to shoot them. Yes. And, and we were taught by the world's most impatient British man who is very ready to be done with his day. Yeah. <laughs> we did not get as lucky. I mean, a lot of the experiences we had were great. This one was the most, like... Mm, I was extra sort of, like, not into him because he made some comment about how, like, people come from all over. And he's like, and, you know, they don't always speak English. And it was like, bitch, of course they don't. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not the most common language in the world. Like, right. leave them alone. And yeah. he said it in that kind of conspiratorial way that lets you know that he's like, so fuck those people, am I right? Yeah, he was trying <laughs> to get us in on the uh The, the joke. laughing at people who don't <laughs> speak English joke. Yeah. Which... I wasn't into. Yeah. And uh, he, he also just didn't, he wasn't very helpful. He's like, I know what you were thinking and you did this. So don't do that. I was like, but that's not what I was thinking. I know. I think the thing he kept <laughs> trying to tell me, I was like, you're shooting too fast for this thing. You're thinking this. I was like, no, I'm just startled by the noise you, every single time. So I would pull shoot, the gun. You were shooting too fast. You were nervous. Because I wanted to be done with yeah, it. Exactly. You <laughs> wanted it. The, when it was your turn, there was like a tense 10 seconds where like you knew the thing was going to get shot up in the yeah. air and you're going to try. And you just wanted it to be over as soon as possible. <laughs> and then every time you did pull the trigger, you'd always brace for the blow of the gun. So you would pull it down like two feet, basically. And also, to and be miss. fair, I was bruised pretty considerably yeah. from it. And I don't bruise easily. So it was like uncomfortable. You were not good at it. It's no, true. I got two shots out of about 40 or 50. Yeah. And Adam, you, meanwhile, you, was able to shoot two simultaneously out of the air. Yeah, that was fun when he shot, he launched he two should have just. I would have been happy if he just let you shoot the whole time. Yeah. And I kept trying to like let both <laughs> of you know that. And it, that just wasn't an option. I just feel like he <laughs> wanted, like you said, to be done with it. So yeah. he wasn't. There it was, was no faster to just to have just me keep failing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it really was just like a a constant parade of my own failure. Yeah. But then the next day, mm-hmm. we went golfing. Which was also a constant parade of my own no, failure. <laughs> give me a fucking break. You, so, like I predicted in the last episode, Maggie is exceptionally good at golf. She doesn't She doesn't understand. She doesn't know how good she is, and it, that's really frustrating It to is me. weird to call someone good who spent so much time chipping my ball out of very tall grasses. No, you you almost you had that happen on one hole, I think. Two holes. Right. That's insane for a beginner. This is your second round ever. You were hitting in the fairway like decent distance on every one of your shots, like 100 and 120 yards. You can't actually hear it on the podcast, but I'm rolling my eyes. She got I think two <laughs> greens in regulation, which is really good. She's just you're really bad at putting. I'm really bad at putting. <laughs> and that was <laughs> it's like a boring part yeah, of the but game. But that's a really common thing. You're you're as bad at putting as a beginner should be, mm-hmm. but you're as good at everything else, your long game as somebody that's been playing for like a year. Well, you know as my nana used to say, drive for show putt for dough it, it is true putting is very important <laughs> that's why your score didn't quite reflect um but you were able to pretty much keep a real score the whole time you finally let me cheat on the eighth hole because i was yeah. like i hate this i'm done here that's crazy that you didn't need to cheat until the she had, you had a little bit of a, a meltdown you're just like i'm not gonna st- uh, i'm not gonna finish i'm just gonna watch you it's like okay all right your mental game fell apart there <laughs> <laughs> I liked golf when I was good at it. Yeah. That was, I liked the, the straight, straight holes. Yeah. Those were fine. Um, and then after golf, so we only played nine. We were entitled to 18. But then mm-hmm. after that, we rushed off to, well, we had lunch at the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Mediocre. At I best. thought it was fine. Clubhouse. But then archery. Yeah. 
which I really liked. Archery was dope. Yeah. And we had the nicest guy. And that guy was really into it. He, and was, he was like having the time of his fucking life trying to get us to be competitive yeah. with each other. <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> succeeded, too. He, he was totally like, nailed it. It was he, great. We were, he had to do certain things. Like, All right, let's move this one further back. Let's do this different scoring system. When he system. says this one, he means Adam's target had to be moved about five feet behind mine yeah. in order for it to be an even game. Yeah. Yeah. Even. You still I destroyed was, me. Yeah. I was on fire, though. I was doing pretty well. Mm. I'm pretty proud of my archery. I'm so good at archery. <laughs> I'm good at all pursuits, <laughs> apparently. Oh. All the pursuits. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun, and it was really calm, and mm -hmm. it was just us on the range, mm -hmm. and he was giving good advice, and we yeah, were he was getting delightful. better. He was, was a like really nice guy to chat with. Yeah. Um, And we... Also had uh, dinner at one of the two Michelin star restaurants in Scotland while we were there. Oh, called is that Andrew the, Fairley. the two star thing was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. unclear on that. Yeah, the it spiel. took me a minute. And then I reread a thing that they handed okay. out. Uh, so they, there aren't a ton of restaurants in Scotland who have earned a Michelin star rating. Mm -hmm. But we ate at one of them. And it was fucking delicious. And we ate to the point of being uncomfortable yeah, and ashamed of ourselves. They had this gluten-free <laughs> bread that was insane. The okay, so that sounds like rolls. a trivial thing to be like, oh, the bread was really good. But for gluten-free people, most bread is a compromise or not even worth eating because yeah. it tastes just like sadness. and. It's a compromise that you reject. Yeah, it tastes <laughs> like cardboard. Like, uh, this isn't worth the And this was like a chewing. flaky, crispy, crusted, spongy, delicious bread. It was amazing. That I could eat. 10 more loaves of right now and the waitress like clocked us as really enjoying it so she like kept bringing it to us and we we're like no no i can't eat any more of it but then we would so she would just bring us more and we were very ashamed of ourselves yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was great she was our friend though we we're just like this is so good and yeah she's like, it is really good yeah and she just kept coming back and that yeah. was a huge mistake too because it was like an eight course meal i know uh, I, I couldn't even eat things by the end anyway um but we went from there to uh north uh, to the locks. North so and west. Yeah. Yeah. And that technically... We didn't go to Loch Ness, but we did no. go to Loch Lamond and Loch Katrin. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't remember the name, but they were beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit patchy weather, so you would go into a rainstorm, yeah. and then it would be sunny all of a sudden. But it was sunny for our, like, one-tenth of a hike that we did around yep. Loch Katrin. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but we were both a little beat. Yeah. So we definitely gave the locks short shrift. Yeah, I feel like we could have done a longer hike, but yeah, I kind of told Maggie, like, this has been a lot of driving. I'd like to... Yeah, no, it's fair. Uh, it the up. situation with our driving, too, is that I cannot drive here. Uh, it's manual only, and it's on the left side of the road. Yeah, well, the car I we got today is an automatic yeah. in Ireland, but still, I don't. Still. It's pretty overwhelming to. Um, yeah, change. definitely not a good idea. The other thing, because I drove that way when we were in South Africa in the national parks, I did some of our driving. Yeah, uh, that's but a that was different. yeah, max forty miles an hour, and with like one car that you would exactly. pass every twenty so, minutes. So like, these are different driving conditions, and there's no way that I could have done it here. Yeah. So Adam has done all of our driving. Um, and we left Loch Katrin to go to Oban. Which is a super cool city. I did not expect Oban to be so Should cool. Should we move there? <sighs> Let me list the reasons. Constant question. There is whiskey. There is whiskey. There is a preponderance of dogs. Excellent seafood. A bookstore. 
Mm. And everyone was really friendly and all the food was delicious. I think all of those things can be true of other cities that are closer to our home. I, I don't think you can, again, I don't. You say that, but while we were there, there was a really beautiful building for sale, and Adam was like, maybe we should uh, like, try to track it I'm just it down. curious. <laughs> yeah, I just want to know how much would it cost I'm just to saying buy we could live upstairs, building. and then I could open up a children's-only bookstore downstairs, and then we could just spend the rest of our days drunk on whiskey and oysters. <laughs> 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 no? All right. I'd have to become a fisherman if I lived in that city, I think. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. I'm really bad at fishing. so That's because you don't like fish. I respect it as a source of nutrients. Barely. Like good wild caught fish is high in omega-3. Okay. Anyway, but when we were in Oban, we took uh, a distillery tour, as you do, mm-hmm. uh, obviously of Oban whiskey. And then we did like a little tasting with a guy named Stuart who's worked at the Oban factory for 40 years. Mm-hmm. He was and really was cool. Super pleasant yeah. and just a fucking joy to chat with. Yeah, he didn't seem impatient at all, and he let it out eventually that he was actually kind of nervous because he hadn't been doing actual tours for a long time. He's the manager of all mm-hmm. the tours, and they called them in just for yeah. Our someone thing. was sick or someone something. Someone was sick, yeah. yeah. And so he, but he sat with us. He, we didn't feel rushed at all, and he just like you know. Well, I think he enjoys his job because he does sit and just chat and drink whiskey with you. Yeah. And he clearly enjoys chatting with people mm-hmm. and also clearly enjoys whiskey. He told Adam he would shoot him if he took his whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but it was great. And we learned a lot about whiskey, which was fun. Um, although we didn't actually buy any whiskey there. Yeah. Because, okay. So the biggest, well, I'd say the largest limitation we have. Space. Is space. So whatever we bring back. Maggie and I just have these two small carry-on luggage, which are great. Mm-hmm. Or not carry-on. Uh, the ones that y- you could technically bring as a carry-on. And I yeah. did. Maggie isn't going to. She's going to check her bag. But that means we have to fit everything in this very small space. So yeah. even though the prices for like a bottle of Oban are pretty decent, it's like... Oban's also so ubiquitously available yeah. in the United States that it feels stupid just to buy a huge bottle right. of it. Because you're like, I saved $10. Yeah. You're like, you know what else would have saved you $10? Basically, the prices are just one level, one tier down in quality. So they're they're much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like, you can get an 18-year bottle for the cost of a 15-year bottle in the U.S. Although you can't get an 18-year bottle in Scotland yeah. anyway. Exactly. So if we could have gotten an 18-year bottle at Oban directly, that would have been nice. It would have been cool. Like, oh, this is something we got when we visited the distillery. But they didn't even have it. So we couldn't really buy, uh, like, a well, special the bottle. Interest, the reason was interesting, though, which was that all of the 18-year bottles of Oban have been sold to the u.s yeah there's none left in scotland it's kind so of if we we're gonna get one we'd get it at home yeah which is bonkers it's kind of sad I've, i like it they're is there and they kind of lament that they don't have it yeah to at least i think the guy who told us that too is extra like oh yeah. americans coming to ask for the 18 yeah. no we don't have it it's all in your country it kind of makes me wonder <laughs> like we weren't blown away when we were in argentina and chile with the wine it was good but it makes me wonder if like all the best stuff also gets mm. purchased in bulk we also didn't by foreign markets. I'm sure that's partially true because that was certainly true of coffee in Colombia. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder because we didn't make an effort to go to any vineyards when we were there that yeah. that has something to do with it. But because we didn't buy any whiskey in Oban. We had an exciting morning. We <laughs> hauled ass back to Edinburgh. Yeah. And then we hauled ass around Edinburgh. To find the whiskeys that we wanted to yeah. buy and take home. Before our flight today. Before our flight to Dublin. Yeah. 
Uh, which, by the way, is a weird way to spend your morning, especially when they give you samples and you're like, it is 10 a.m., sir. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, go ahead, have some. <laughs> they are w- more comfortable here being like, would you like to try some whiskey? Even though it's like 1140 in the morning. Yeah. Oy, that was so much. <laughs> uh, and also zero respect when you're like, oh, no, it's a little early for me. And he was like, huh, hmm? weird. Weird. <laughs> uh, um, but we did. We bought. Uh, two bottles yeah. for ourselves and one bottle for a friend. Yeah. We went Friends. to this famous store that's been around for at least 100 years called Last Mile Whiskey. Which we had walked bef- by before yeah. after visiting the castle. It's like right in the middle of the super touristy area. Yeah. Because it, it's for people like us who are like, oh, we want to buy an expensive bottle of whiskey to take home. Yeah. And they're like, we got you. Yeah. It was great. Uh, they yeah. had tons of different bottles, tons of variety, I'm sure. Really, really expensive bottles off of the top shelf. They did. There were like 2,000 pound bottles of whiskey, which mm-hmm. insane. But we ended up getting the whiskeys we tried at a whiskey bar our first night. Mm-hmm. So it was a, like a Glen Goyne, mm-hmm. was the one that you really liked. Yeah. And I got a Laphroaig. Yeah. A higher tier Laphroaig than we usually get in the US. Yeah. Exactly. We usually only get the 10. So it's yeah. great. So that's exciting. I'm hauling those in my little pink suitcase. Mm-hmm. Um, Your suitcase is very <laughs> heavy now. And that leads us to today, which has been lost to travel. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the day we flew yeah. here and yeah. now we're, we checked At into this some this ugly little hotel that was meant for business conventions. Yeah, it's a commuter we're hotel. We're just here overnight. We yeah. plan to leave early tomorrow morning. But, Adam, what's in your technical corner? I'm uh, actually interested in it this time. Yeah. I was just going to go over the process of making scotch. Wait, the whole thing? Yeah, real real high level. Okay. So, it's first of all, anyone that's done home brewing or know how, knows how beer is made, it's mm-hmm. the process is exactly the same all the way up to like two-thirds of the way through. So you make beer, which is basically you get wheat, grind it up, you boil it to cook out the sugars, Mm -hmm. you strain it, and you cool it really quickly. You throw some yeast in there. You let it sit for two days. Everyone loves yeast. It ferments and becomes alcoholic as a byproduct of the fermentation. And that's beer. You take that beer and you boil it in a still Mm -hmm. and you collect the vapor. Like you're basically extracting, leaving behind all of the solid stuff that's in beer. Which for us, Maggie, mm-hmm. is gluten, which mm-hmm. is great. They're leaving behind all the gluten and you're just collecting the steam uh-huh. in this long tube. Mm-hmm. And that is what they collect. And that's actually the spirit that is what will become whiskey. They put it into oak casks mm-hmm. that they actually get from bourbon manufacturing in the US. Mm-hmm. And they fill those with this spirit that they just distilled and they let them sit for 12, 15, 18, 21, 25 years, and then they sell it for an insane price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is delicious. Maggie? Yes? What is in your self-care pillow fort? Uh, like any self-respecting Japanese person, I eat lots of seafood. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just don't respect the ocean. Just oh. kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... I feel like here especially, I've just been eating my goddamn body weight and seafood on a daily basis, and it's been a goddamn delight. But especially the place that Stuart from the Oban factory recommended for us. Good tip. So yesterday we went to basically a shack right on the pier uh, in Oban, where we got a plate of a dozen delicious oysters, which they shucked in like 30 seconds. It was bananas, Um, and it was so good. I'm still thinking about it. I would eat 
two more trays of that right now. So good and so cheap. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the life lesson that we should take away from this. Every fishing town that has some sort of shipyard, there's a shack. There's a shack. Somewhere. Yeah. And you want to find that shack, and that's where you get your seafood. Yep. Because it's going to be just as fresh as possible. It's the same as like the shrimp trucks in Hawaii, Mm, where it's like, don't go to a restaurant, find the shrimp trucks. Right. Where they've pulled them out that morning and they'll fry them up for you right there. Yeah. And get the spicy ones. Those are the best ones. I don't know about that. The Chinese chili ones. Hmm. Anyway, um, should we get into the three Bs? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Adam, what is your choice this week for beautiful? Um, so in between the pursuits at Glen Eagles, um, after we finished archery and before having our fancy dinner, mm-hmm. we actually had about five hours. Maggie went to the spa. And I went back to the golf course because we were entitled to 18 holes mm-hmm. and it was free because mm-hmm. we already had all the stuff paid for. So I went and golfed alone, which is actually a joy. If anyone has, I, I'm sure. I'll try not to take that personally, but sure. No, no. It's, I mean, it's, it's a just joy. That's golfing fun. alone. You always do better. <laughs> and it's like very meditative. And Oh, like parallel fun. parking. <laughs> <laughs> I do parallel parking like a champ no matter what in any situation i park like a fucking jedi when i'm alone and as soon as there's someone in the car it's like (laughs) why don't you get out and help me sure you do (laughs) um maggie and i went on this like little par three course that's not super well maintained it's like it's pretty cheap compared to everything else they have three other golf courses there that are pga championship courses Mm -hmm. meticulously maintained Anyway, so I went out at like four, which is called Twilight. And that means like it's supposed to be reduced rate. We already paid, so I didn't have to pay anything. But the starter wasn't there. The tee for the cheap course was right next to the tee for the very, very fancy course. And the starter that was there earlier in the day for the fancy course where I got the scorecard for the cheap course wasn't there because I went to get the (laughs) the scorecard. I was like, geez, the starter's not here. I could just go out. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. Especially I'm traveling in a foreign country. It's just too risky. Like you've never thought that in your life. And also, I didn't know. Like I, you have to kind of stake it out longer than just a minute. The starter may be in the bathroom, and he comes out and he sees you teeing off. Yeah, (laughs) you're in trouble. Um, Anyway, so I didn't do that. I just teed off on the cheap course, and then these are really short holes. So I played the first hole. I played the second hole. It just so happened the second hole ends at the same place that the first hole on the fancy course ends, the king's course. And I look around, and still, there's no starter at the beginning. There's no one going out. I don't see anyone on hole two. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to play dumb. I'm just going to I'm gonna see what happens here. And instead of walking to the cheap hole three tee, I walked onto the fancy course and walked in and ended up actually getting lost like for a real. Like thief. <laughs> I was supposed to, I, I walked past hole two and went to hole four tee. And I was like, oh, well, there's still no one here. I hadn't seen a single person. Yeah. So I tee off. And then, of course, there's, then I see somebody in a, in a golf cart and a pro shop uniform, like come out of the woods, <laughs> just happened to be next to the tee on another thing, doing some maintenance. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to head this off. I walk right up to him and I'm like, hey. I'm on, I paid for the par three, and I think I'm lost. Um, I, I took a wrong turn. And then I, I looked around, and I saw there was no one out here. Like, can I, is there a twilight rate that I could just pay? I didn't want to. I figured I could just go back into the clubhouse at the end. And then the guy leans in conspiratorially to me, and he's like, just just go. Just there's, <laughs> <laughs> Are you staying at the hotel? Yeah, you're paying enough already. Just, just go. Yes, that's <laughs> true. 
Um, and so he's like, yes, that was like the best thing ever. I had free reign to go on the course. And this course is beautiful. It's just like everything is perfectly maintained. The greens roll. They're so fast, which is really great. And it's just like a nature shot everywhere you look. I really well, miss. Nice. I, it really invigorated me on golf, Maggie. I think. You're cool. Maybe you'll use your clubs. I think I'm going to use my clubs. That'd be good. Maggie, what is your <laughs> pick for beautiful? Um, mine's the town of Oban. Yeah. I thought it was, was beautiful. It's a little bay and it's just gorgeous. And the Oban distillery is built right up against a cliff, which is why it can't expand anymore. And it's just, I was like writing little stories in my head of what our life would be like if we lived there. And yeah. It's, I think it would be nice. I looked it up. It's a very small town. Like How many people 5, is it? Five thousand people. Ooh, that is too small. Right. That and is too small. Pretty remote. The, the small town I grew up in was ten thousand people. Yeah. And that was too small of a town. That's not a small town at all. That's a town inside of another town. Well, it's a city inside you, of a city. If you you lived in you lived in the Bay Area, like that's your town. Yeah, but that's Piedmont is still its own thing. Yeah, but that's they teach it in California civics classes because it has such a peculiar history. Yeah, but you're still part of the <laughs> Bay Area. You, yeah. you grew up in a metro. Yeah, no, I, the point being I couldn't <laughs> actually live in Oban, but it sure is fun to think about. Yeah, Tahoe is a small town, yeah. and that's 30,000 people. Adam, what's your choice <laughs> for Brutal? Uh, brutal would be the flight to get here mm-hmm. today. Um, there was, yeah. <laughs> seated behind us, a family of like seven people, Eight. I think. Eight people. Yeah, there were four rows on yeah, these two were little. Yeah, four rows yeah. in this like small. There's two rows, two two seats on each side of the plane, and an yeah. aisle in the middle. Very small plane, puddle jumper kind of thing, and they are just talking and screaming and having a great time. I think they're and speaking another language. I think it was Italian. It was Italian. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. My my semester of college Italian tells me <laughs> it was Italian. So they're just like <laughs> screaming at each other, laughing, have such a good time. It's like, and that was already kind of like, for me, I'm a little curmudgeonly. It's like, come on. Like, no, I totally believe that tr- planes are one of those times. Yeah. You just hold it together. Y- right. Like you you're bringing quiet. everyone into your conversation <laughs> yeah. when you're screaming from like 10 feet away. Yeah. It's like a lot. But <laughs> that is like okay. What are you gonna do? It's like yeah, I'm not gonna fine. complain. They're they're yelling. No, it's, it's only a short an hour flight. flight. But at a certain point, the flight attendant that was servicing our part of the plane realized that there were people speaking Italian and that she was Italian, and she got really really excited. And it's like okay, I understand. You know, like yeah. you know, people from your home, you you're even living in maybe Ireland, maybe yeah, Scotland. Yeah, Lingus, yeah. Yeah, so she may be Irish or Scottish now. Who knows? Yeah. But like she hasn't seen people from her home country, maybe like the same area. She got very excited to see them and join the conversation. But at a certain point she sat she stood right next to my seat and was talking. Like her butt was like rubbing my shoulder. It was like really, really loud. Part of this like ruckus. My favorite is she's just like to me it looked like she was constantly elbowing you in oh, the head. That was the thing <laughs> that was like like I leaned my head back on my, my headrest and touched her arm. And she didn't move. <laughs> she just, <laughs> she just stayed there. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna keep my head on her because that's like I'm leaning on her intentionally. But yeah. like, that was weird. That's a weird moment to start snuggling. No, with it her. W- but the putting the arm was one thing. But the, she kept like emphasizing her points. She was telling oh, a story, right. and she was <laughs> slamming her arm on my headrest to the point that I eventually like, re- you know, like said like, excuse me, can you not slam my headrest? And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was like. 
pretty bizarre. It was and pretty bizarre. brutal because like the person who I would ask to help that situation was the person that was doing it, causing the situation. Yeah, Maggie, mm-hmm. your pick for brutal. This has not been terribly brutal travel. No, this has been some cushy yeah. ass meat baggy niceness if we had the three b's for this kind of travel originally like if this was the travel you were doing when we originally thought of this concept yeah i don't think brutal would be one it'd be like no it'd be like beautiful bounty and bizarre bougie bougie yeah something (laughs) else um so i guess mine would just be the time frame like we've gotten really spoiled and like taking our time when we travel Mm -hmm. uh this is more like a normal trip yeah this is a normal trip um and so I just feel rushed constantly and like I would love to go back to Scotland and spend like yeah. a month and drive around slowly and like actually get to know people who live in Scotland yeah. and things like that because we didn't do any of that. We got really spoiled with, you know, our year long or 13 month yeah. long trip and now we're used to traveling that way and the way we planned this trip was just like, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You should not go. have done it that way. No, if you, if you have that little time, you kind of yeah. have to have an itinerary. Plan. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be pretty rushed in Ireland. We're going to be crazy we rushed like in Ireland. We have like four or five nights. And yeah. I, we didn't plan that part very well either, the no. split between the two countries, because who knows, maybe there's a lot more in Ireland that we yeah. want to do. But so it goes. So um, goes. Adam, what's your choice for Bizarre? Um, <laughs> you'll excuse me, Maggie. This is about mm-hmm. you. What? <laughs> uh, so we, like, we mentioned that we did this whirlwind buying of scotch before we came back before we left mm-hmm. Edinburgh and we bought a box or we bought a Lafroy bottle that came with a box. And this is a bulbous giant box. It is a beautiful wooden box. And in my mind, it was just like, well, obviously we're going to just bring the bottles back. We don't need the box. It is a beautiful box. It's a cool with box. With a metal latch. It's, no, it's, it's a very well made built. made very well. And it was like, oh, that's a shame. But wha- it's then a again, beautiful decorative piece. Then again, what <laughs> are we, what would we do that with that if we brought it back? Which I haven't gotten an answer to. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Maybe lots of things. But bizarrely enough, mm-hmm. Maggie won out on this one. I think you mean and to say impressively enough, Maggie <laughs> fit that into her luggage. So we have the three bottles of whiskey, mm-hmm. one of them inside of a very large box. We're talking it's like so pretty. five inch by five inch by 30 inch wooden yeah. box that Maggie has inside her luggage. I think I figured out what I'm going to use it for. Okay. What we is can that? put our mail in it oh on the tonsil. Oh boy! Or we could just open our mail and not make a collecting pile of mail. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll settle that one later. Yeah. Maggie, what is your pick for bizarre? Um. Mine is how attentive every single fucking place we've been has been to the gluten thing. Oh, yeah. So That's a good literally one. everywhere we have eaten, it's no big deal. Like, so typically, like, because we're actually pretty, we're really conscientious about it, and it makes us feel sick if we eat it. And that includes things like cross-contamination, and, like, you can't be in a fryer with breaded things. And at home, it's like a whole conversation a lot, 10 minutes at the beginning of your meal to ask about every fucking dish the and then to thing. ask questions again about every fucking dish because they're like, oh, it doesn't have any gluten ingredients. It'll yeah. be fine. You're like, is it fried in a fryer with this? And they're like, oh, yeah. And you're like, okay, so I can't eat it. Yeah, that, um, and that's very surprising every time you say it in the U.S. They're like, oh, I mean, really? if, you're that, if you're that sensitive. Yeah, if you're not like, just doing it as a fad diet, like <laughs> that's weird. Um, and so 
we are accustomed to doing that and we got really like extra accustomed to doing it on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here they're like, yeah, when we say something's gluten free, we fucking mean it, you idiot. Yeah. So my bizarre is like San Francisco up your fucking game. We talk all this thing about how like San Francisco is like one of the food capitals of the world. And first of all, I don't think that's true anymore. And secondly, If we're going to be, we should at least be able to competently speak about people's food allergies. Yeah. Because <laughs> what I'm learning is because this was like f- you expect it at a place like Glen Eagles where you're like, OK, like you're really good with gluten or like in Edinburgh, everywhere was really good. And you're like, you kind of expect it there. Like this is the biggest city in the country or this is like the fanciest place like you should. Uh, but even when we stayed at like Nowhere Town B&B, mm. they were like, oh, yeah, here's the list. Yeah. Here's what you can eat. Like across Do you have the a board. nut allergy? Do you have a are you lactose intolerant? Do you not eat gluten? Like they're ready for all of it. And yep. it's just so much better hospitality. Yeah. Hopefully that keeps up here in Ireland. We don't know how it's gonna be. Yeah. Um like don't get your hopes up. Like I don't think that's a thing we should expect of <laughs> no, anyone. It's, it's been just amazing, it's though. been fucking relaxing as balls yeah. and makes me mad about how much we pay to live in our stupid city at home yeah. where you have to like interrogate fucking everyone about this. Pay so much. And you pay so much. <laughs> anyway. And there's a lot more of that attitude of like when you order and they're like, You would. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um well, Looking forward, obviously, we've got our time in Ireland coming up, which I'm super excited for. I've been to Ireland once before. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam has never been here at all. Yeah, and we have to go form a plan right now. We actually <laughs> haven't <laughs> we planned anything, plan. so uh, hopefully we figure it out. But you can see pictures from our travels in Scotland and in Ireland soon on our Instagram account at Let's Not Panic. And you can also subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your pod catcher of choice. We love it when you do that. It's true. What is it warm, Maggie? My cold, 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 cold little heart. Indeed. Thanks for listening. This is what it sounds like where we are. Okay. Get your hand up. Don't drop your hand down. Push forward and let go. Don't <laughs> <laughs> need to punch me. Okay. Bring your hand around this way. <laughs> <laughs> She used to play baseball or something. She did. She did. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. So we've not been quite so full on this time. Just listen, it's like not your eye. Okay. You're fine. Get your hand up there. You don't need to scream for anything like that. Okay. You have time, there's no rush. Push and let go. That's it. Good, fella. Turn your hand towards me. Arm out nice and straight. If we got the arm out nice, this is good. Oh, he's got a welly bit again. Okay. If we got the arm out nice and straight, he's less likely to hit you in the face with his wings as in his back. He's also got his wings out straight straight. Yeah. Okay, into this pocket on the shoulder, lean onto your front foot, move that hand forward slightly so it's further, 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 that's it. Put your finger on the trigger, that's it. Cheek on the gun, good. Hold slightly gun high there, that's fine. You ready? Okay. Here we go, just take the time, rushed it. Whoops.